Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. And me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. Each week, we'll be discussing the core dating issues affecting millennials today. There are endless podcasts out there on love and relationships, but we felt that no one was really speaking directly to our generation, where people ghost, zombie, and breadcrumb each other quicker than you can say Tinder. As two long-time singletons, we're breaking down the boundaries of modern dating, one aubergine emoji at a time. (laughs) Today, we are delighted to welcome love and relationships coach, Ernie, who, as a professional therapist and married woman of 18 years, we are hoping can shed some light on the trials and tribulations of modern dating. So hello and welcome. Hello and welcome myself. (laughs) (laughs) So the first topic we're going to talk about today is the big news of the week. That is the royal engagement. So if you've been living under a rock, you may not know, Prince Harry is engaged to um, Meghan Markle, who is an American actress, famous, most famous for playing Rachel Zane in Suits. And I think this is really interesting because so many people have been making jokes about, oh no, there goes my princess dream, you know, the final prince has been snapped up. And why do we still care about these fairy tale ideas? I mean, I'm the same. I think I can hear a lot of broken hearts out there just scat- <laughs> smattering away. You know, the thing is, especially for a lot of women, right, we grew up um, with our mothers, you know, especially, you know, until about maybe a couple of years ago, we read a lot of Disney stories. Um, you've got Beauty and the Beast, uh, Snow White, um, you know, these this fairy tales always talk about the princess being swept off her feet and rescued by the Prince Charming. And isn't Harry Prince charming? He, I think he is quite charming. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do it for me. But I think, <laughs> I've got to be honest, I think part of the fascination with Harry is that he's a prince. I think if he was just a standard bloke at the pub, I'm not sure. I mean, I totally would. Because <laughs> he's a prince. I'm married and I would. <laughs> Good to know. Harry, if you're listening, which I'm sure he is, I'm sure he's an avid millennial love listener. I think he's a, probably a big fan. But, yeah. you know, just in we, case. We can it, dream. Just in case he doesn't work out with uh, Megan, who I love, actually. I really like Megan. I think she seems fantastic. In that interview they did together, they seemed absolutely perfect for each other. I know, Very but I just sweet. think the weird, the weird thing about their relationship is now it is going to just generate a flurry of fans who are just totally obsessed with mm. their engagement, their marriage, what she wears, and you know everything along the process will just be so scrutinised. And it is, it's like when William and Kate got engaged. It's just people obsess over yes. this one relationship. There was so much memorabilia made in yes. the first royal wedding with William and Kate. There was like mugs and tea towels. I got and a mug. 
course you of course you got a mug doesn't surprise <laughs> me mug. at all people like rachel love this stuff and i'm curious <laughs> as to why my teenage self is like the ultimate fangirl i sort of made a little shrine in my bedroom to the royal wedding oh the first God. royal wedding might do it again for this one i like ripped out all the supplements <laughs> from the magazines saved all the memorabilia we had a party with like victoria's sponge cakes and little flags and bunting and scones and it was rather divine but um yeah, that's actually not really that relevant. But um, what is it about it though? Do you think it's the idea of this perfect relationship, or is it just the sort of celebrity it's, element? It's so. I find it so beautiful. I just think I felt this way about Wills and Kate, and I think I'm going to get this way about Harry and Meghan as well. It is. It's. It's how I get so swept up into rom coms. Yes. And the idea of it being this beautiful fairy tale romance, and them being. Royal. I I don't know why it seems extra magical. You know, um, I come from the time of the other royal wedding. Oh, his parents. Yeah, <laughs> I remember as a very young girl, my eyes were just googly over Princess mm. Diana, the late mum. And um, but you know what? We as humans, we are wired to seek love. As as babies, that's the first thing we always seek for. Besides food and water, we want warmth, we want comfort, and and that's what a, a relationship is about, isn't it? That that comfort, that being being hugged by someone, and 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 um, being swept off our feet. Even for a man, we want to be well. We as in <laughs> a man wants to be swept off their feet by a beautiful, loving woman, and. This is what it's all about, really. What I think was really lovely is that actually on Monday when it was all announced, social media was just completely awash with everyone saying, you know what, this is so lovely, I'm really happy for them. People can say what they want, bad things about the monarchy, but they look really in love and this is really nice. Mm -hmm. There are a small percentage of the population who doesn't agree with us, but I guess we are optimist we want good things to happen to um harry and megan we want the best for them but yeah everybody's going to give their opinion isn't it do you think fairy tales and you know rom-coms are actually problematic in that they'll make us think that we're just waiting for a prince to sweep us off our feet you know um rom-coms and fairy tales it's just a way for us humans to cope from our daily life, which is boring, <laughs> well, for some people, a bit of drudgery, to escape to a different world, to this fantasy land where everything is perfect, where there's no dirty dishes, <laughs> there's no smelly farts and morning breath. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I do think there's an element of escapism and fan fantasy about it, but ultimately that that's what it is. There is this weird fantastical element to these sort of fairy tale relationships where there's this idea that there is one person out there for everyone there's a soulmate it's this sort of idealized view of love I where you do believe in that i do believe in a soulmate do you i do so, as a side I, my side. husband is my soulmate i've met him i've kissed many bad frogs <laughs> and, then you and he was my prince. prince yes so do you think there is one soulmate for every person um I would think there's at least one that you would meet. You will always have one that got away. Mm. But I think the universe, I believe in, you know, the karma. I believe in that, the energy flow of the world. That if you have not, um, if you're not prepared to meet your soulmate, sometimes the universe is kind enough to send you one along your way when you are ready. I mean, if you look at Harry, 
I feel like Megan is his soulmate because he's finally ready for mm. love. Because all his yeah. exes seem to be like his life lesson. They were there to teach him a lesson. Do you know what I think is really interesting, actually, is that I'm fairly certain that the vast majority of Prince Harry's, uh, you know, ex-girlfriends or the ones that were in the public eye were all that sort of like classic, slony, slim, tall, <laughs> with long blonde hair. And I think it's actually really interesting that Meghan's not. Yes. She's the complete antithesis of his axis, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I do think the whole soulmate thing, even though I would love to believe in that sort of fantasy and and escapism, I just, I think the idea that romance comes with a sort of premium of perfection can be really damaging, especially for people our age who are single, because it's sort of, it, it can be really inhibiting in terms of not just, not just like, finding someone that you're willing to date because you you've become so picky because you're looking for that perfect relationship mm. that doesn't exist but i think it can also make it really difficult for you to sort of overcome like and move on from exes because say you know you were the one that was broken up with you can hold on to the idea that this was the only person for you and this was your soulmate and now they've gone and now you're sort of left with with nowhere to go. And I think I've seen it with my friends a lot of the time it happens that they just hold on to this sort of idealized partner that it really prevents them from finding someone else. And I do think that's something that comes from these rom-coms and these fairy tales and these Disney films. People don't realize that actually there is no perfect person. I believe in a perfect relationship for yourself. There is a perfect woman out there for you or for him, but there is no one perfect person. My husband is perfect for me, mm. not for you or mm. for no anyone else, and I'm perfect for him, but I'm probably the worst girlfriend for another person. <laughs> yeah. So you see, it's, not, it's, it's, about, it's about kind of rearranging our view of what perfect perfection is and what a perfect relationship constitutes it of, you know. Um, totally. Yeah, and, and a lot of people sometimes don't realise that, that your, your idea of a relationship, what's perfect, is uh, made up of your past experiences and your parents' marriage and the society you grew up in. Yeah. What's also really interesting, um, kind of on that note, is, you know, you know, expectations and reality and what is what we are shown in these fairy tale romances is... Um, in that interview that Harry and Meghan did, the, um, the interviewer asked, you know, when he knew she was the one. And he said, you know, when he first saw her, which again brings up this whole thing about love at first sight. There was actually a study recently that I wrote about this week, um, which said that basically love at first sight doesn't exist. I mean, the thing is, I, yeah, I think you have to take that with a pinch of salt because actually this was a study and it was all contrived. It wasn't real life situation. Um, what do you think about love at first sight? Um, as someone who's written a book on love and interviewed lots of couples who've been married or, or together for 25, 35, 45 years, I have to say, though, that even though science says so, I would say it's extreme like at first sight. You get that, that chemistry. I mean, I fell in love with my husband the first time I met him. I, I didn't know his phone number. We never, you know, we didn't know each other. We just met each other in a 
in the club. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you met in a club, by the way. In the club. <laughs> if you were going to say something like really romantic, I'd be like, oh God. No, but we met in a club. We met in a pickup in a pickup bar. Nice, brilliant. <laughs> People go there. I went there literally with friends. Um, I was out on a just like um, I need to kind of heal my broken heart from an ex, and I met him, and I go, oh my God, this guy's perfect. But I told myself I am not going to. You know, jump straight in. Jump straight in because this place is known for, you know, for one night stands. Yeah. But we kept bumping into each other. And after we, long story short, we both admitted that when the first night we met, we literally just, we, I was getting sweaty palms. And every time I bump into him, my palms got sweatier. <laughs> Such a shame. This is a podcast because Rachel's face right now is just like a little bunny rabbit. <laughs> that is so cute. Seriously, I mean, uh, a lot of people who are in beautiful relationships that I've spoken to, that I've interviewed, will all say the same thing. When you meet someone that you feel this, that you feel like this could be the right person for the rest of my life, you feel that amazing chemistry and there's nothing you can do to, to take it away. You can tell yourself, no, this is wrong. I'm not going to feel this way about that person. But you know what? You can, Chemistry doesn't lie. <laughs> science yeah. doesn't lie. That's the science of chemistry, of human interaction, that, that spiritual connection. I think what you said about timing earlier is also really important. Like you said, you know, in Harry's previous relationships, using him as an example, yes. that was prior to a time when he'd publicly spoken out about his mother. Like mm. he only recently True. spoke about how much that impacted his mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think clearly something, when you're going through something like that, it's not the best time to be in a relationship. And I think the whole idea of soulmates, while it, damaging it may be, I do think that there is someone for you at a certain time in your life. Yes. And I think the success of that relationship sort of depends on whether the person you're with changes and develops as you change and develop oh you sp yeah you've hit the nail on the head exactly that oh, thank so you. <laughs> it's true it's true a lot of people think like oh my god i met the perfect person oh this is going to be amazing but like you said if you're going through you know maybe you're setting up a business and you know things are a bit hectic and this person is perfect for you but as you grow into this businesswoman personality, let's say, mm -hmm. and then your partner doesn't grow into that keen, into that, I want to travel, I want to, you know, break open the world market and everything. If they don't grow with you, then they're no longer the perfect person for you. Yeah. So the key is actually to find someone who wants to grow old with you. Like the Tom O'Dell song. Yes, that is a great song. God, if I'm this wise, why am I still single? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we need to talk after this. <laughs> Do you know what? That's the funny thing, actually. My friend's always like, oh, you're always going on dates. Tell me, well, how are you so good at dating? And I'm like, no, because if I was actually good at dating, <laughs> I wouldn't still be dating. <laughs> anyway, so fairy tale romances, potentially not everything, but also don't hold out on love. I'm going to take away from that. I'm feeling very inspired to find my true love. I'm you, sure you, you are. You have to be love first in order to get love. You have to be... You have to be love in order to get love. Wow. That's deep. That's so deep. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, there's so much food for thought right now. I'm almost teary-eyed over there. I know, I'm feeling a bit like, wow, I think I'm having a moment. Um, <laughs> all right, before I get too emotional, let's move on to our dating disaster of the week. Thank you again for sending all your stories in, guys. Here is the one for this week. And I'm actually going to caveat this with a little gem of info which just because 
in case you don't know this, because not everyone did who I mentioned this to, um, the story me. Made, so, yeah. So <laughs> shocking. Just gonna say Tony Stark is Iron Man. So that's just a character <laughs> thing you need to know. And there's also a family of Starks on Game of Thrones. So that's just some contextual knowledge for you. Here's the story. Hi guys. So I met a guy on Tinder. He had pictures with elephants, was an engineer, quite cute. Plus he was called Tony Stark. So come on, Iron Man and Game of Thrones. He messaged me first, brackets A+, asking if I liked coffee. Truth is, I hated it. He'd given me this whole spiel about how he'd travelled around India and found the best coffees. Want to have a cup of coffee with me? he asked. I said yes, excitedly, and we met up. I spotted a guy from afar, this very tall, balding guy. Quickly texting my friend while I was waiting, I mentioned someone bald was coming towards me. It was him. All the way through our date, he kept talking about how bald he was, how he cut all of his Tinder pictures from his forehead up. He said he was waiting for the right, waiting for the right girl. And all this time, my best mate was sending me plague of baldness texts over and over and over. And he'd never seen Iron Man or Game of Thrones. That night, I messaged him saying I was busy for seven weeks. He sent me a picture of a sad burrito, and I blocked him. Call me judgmental, but F that. Except I love coffee now. So cheers, David. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know what kills me most about that? The sad burrito. <laughs> I feel like I want I want to find a picture of a sad burrito and just send it out to people. Could that be an euphemism for something else? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> oh god, yeah. I'm very thinking good. like a millennial. Yeah, very, good. very, very good. Burritos Top are now points. ruined forever. Still <laughs> um, right. more eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that what do you think story. of that? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. People lie all the time on their dating profiles. I think is, I get that if you're bald you might be a bit self-conscious of it but I know plenty of girls who really fancy bald guys so don't like chop your head off in all your pictures and hide it mm. yeah honesty so important you got to own what you have own it exactly yeah. own it it's like when people um someone was talking to us about this the other day when people put really old photos on their dating profiles from like two or three years ago <laughs> it's just deceptive I know it's lies don't I guess some people don't have that many photos of themselves but you know Take some. Take some. Exactly. <laughs> um, so speaking of dating apps and issues, we now want to move on to talk about the biggest problems for millennial daters. And I feel like our whole generation is just struggling. I think we have too many options. No one will commit to anything. And this isn't how it used to be, did it? <laughs> I have to agree. Someone asked me very, very... Um it was a very interesting question. Someone asked me, would you have met your husband if you were born later and had gone through all these Tinders and everything else? And I said, good question. I'm not sure. But I think I would still have met someone like him mm. had I gone through the whole yeah. Tinder app. I mean, just around the time I met my husband, um, we had something similar like, you know, like Match.com. Right. At that time, it was in the infancy stages. And, and, and I remember signing up to this website where you can make friends that could lead to something else. But it was based on your IQ. You can do all these funny oh. tests like you do on Facebook, like, oh, what kind of dog are you? Oh, God, I love what is, those. Yeah, you know, what's your, what's your favourite colour? And then you get uh, paired up with people with the same profile as you. 
So from there, I, I got paired up with a lot of men. But by then, I was, you know, with my husband or my boyfriend then. Mm-hmm. And I thought, nah, you know, as cute as these guys were, I'll stick to what I already have. But I think today's world is always that... that that syndrome of there's something better out there. There's something yeah. better. So keep swiping. Keep swiping. You know, as Doris says, keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's very much the message that these dating apps perpetuate because as soon as you swipe on someone, there's another one right there and there's another one and another one and another one. It's just sort of encouraging you to always mm. look for something better. And to make it seem like a game. Yeah, well, it is. Exactly. exactly. It totally is. And I think also because we've got this saturation of dating apps now and other... You know, there are so many other ways online that people can meet. People are less reluctant to approach people in bars or clubs you than they might once have been. More reluctant. Yes, more reluctant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, people are more reluctant to go up to people than they would have been because, you know, it's it's almost like you lose that sense of self-assurance to actually speak to someone in real life because you're so used to crafting messages mm. on dating apps or on Facebook message or something. So, do you think there? Do you think dating apps are actually bad and are not helping us meet in, people? In some ways, I guess that's where you know I kind of can tell my age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like it as much because I'm still of the age, you know, face to face is still the best because that's how you can gauge someone's um, behavior, mm. their character, whether they're lying because I read body language really well, and the chemistry. When we talk about that chemistry thing, that that sweaty palm moment, mm. you cannot do that. Over the over the screen. Yeah. I mean, if I if I may share with you a story, um, <laughs> I know a lady who, uh, you know, divorced after twenty years of marriage. So she's about me in her forties. Beautiful lady, looking really young for her age. Thought, right, what do I do now? I mean, how do I find a guy in his forties in this time of the world? I mean, how do I how do I go about finding a date? Right. She thought, right, I, I'll go on Tinder and the whole you know the whole dating thing. Swipe left, swipe right, and just nothing really came. She said, of course. She said, you know what, Arnie? Everybody was trying to, you know, they were thinking of me as a MILF. They think, mm. oh, I can conquer an older woman. Um, in the end, I said to her, listen. And and before she would go on any date, I said to her, send me all the pictures of the guys that you want to see, and I'll tell you whether they're right for you just from their picture. Mm-hmm. And I was spot on 100% of the time. Really? If I tell her, this guy's going to dump you, he did. Or he's going to ghost you, he did. She said, how do you know? It's just from the words they use. It's about looking at the language in between. Yeah. And the photos, I read the pictures. And I said to her, why don't you just start doing, what's your passion? Meet guys that way. So she started joining, um, you know, uh, cooking classes and salsa classes. And she dated, she's dating a guy from her salsa class. They've you, got something in common now. You have like a sixth sense yes. for knowing which guys are going to ghost you. I do. You. <laughs> magic power we might, have to, we might have to ask you a few, a few questions after this podcast so what do you think of this one oh, sure. <laughs> this one over. i could save a lot of time yeah great <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's about meeting people in real life isn't it irl yeah i think exactly. so because so much of flirting is about eye contact i think exactly. as well we've talked about this before we talked about flirting on a previous podcast episode yes. and i just think you just don't get that sort of butterfly feeling from a message. It's, it's harder to flirt um, over words because, um, you know, in the absence of eye IQs and body language and, and tone, how do you know that someone is being sarcastic yeah, or exactly. being funny or being romantic? Yeah, so true. Often I just, I just don't quite get the jokes. Mm. <laughs> 
Or sometimes I or I say something that I think is hilarious and then they don't get That happens but to me all the time. I say something that I think is so funny and they say something because I think I'm hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, look, the British humour, right? The British yeah. humour is full of sarcasm and is very self-deprecating. Yeah. If you say the same thing to, let's say, an American person who doesn't do self-deprecating jokes, mm-hmm. they're like, why are you putting yourself down? What is mm. wrong with you? Oh my God, I'm going to stop dating you because, yeah. or I'm going to stop talking to you because you must be a nutter. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of nuances in there that you will miss. It does happen in person though. So I, I almost I almost don't think the issue is so much with the the messaging and it being virtual. I think it's about the mindset it creates and because it's just so normal now to like date uh, multiple people at once and like you just see someone for for weeks and weeks and weeks and you don't know where you are and it's such like no one wants to have that conversation of are we official are we exclusive are we boyfriend and girlfriend what are we because people as a general rule don't want to commit to anything but i think but that kind of reflects our mindset of everything we don't want to really commit to like living in one place we don't mm. want to commit to a job we don't you know people don't want to get tied down people don't even want to commit to a party in two weeks time in case something better comes along <laughs> exactly that is the syndrome of something better yeah that 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 feeling that there's always something better out there. Do you know what I always think is like my personal test when I'm on a date with a guy? If I find myself checking out other guys in the bar or whatever, I'm like, I'm not into this one oh, enough. Oh, God, yeah. That's a big red flag, I think. Yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Many well, successful dates. Maybe you've yeah. been dating all the wrong guys. Yeah. Oh, apparently, that's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> you need the checklist. <laughs> you need to create your checklist before you even say yes but to the do date. I? Because some people are like, oh, throw out the checklist. You know, you can't be so picky. You, you know, you might, you never know who you're going to fall in love with. I believe in a checklist. That's Ooh. how I found my husband. Oh, I like I had this. a checklist. Do you think so? Do you think everyone has a type? You know, the problem is sometimes I feel like, on, on the other hand, you've got someone who's overly picky, but then on the other hand, someone says like, oh, I just want someone funny, and then what? What do you want? Why do you want someone who's funny? What are you going to do with that funny? Mm. Just laugh. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, there's, there's more to that than I, yeah. I believe in having a checklist because when you got a checklist, not like a hundred point checklist, but like five major um, um, things. I wrote in my book about this something like intellectually, do you, people don't think about how compatible. Uh, your dating person or yeah. partner should be in your intellect level. I'm not talking about, oh, he must have a master degree just like me, mm. but more like, do you like reading? What kind of books does he read? And it's more a bit like what traits they have, like are they ambitious mm. as opposed to like, they have sandy brown hair and they are six it's, foot two. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. These are the things that a lot of us don't really pay attention to. And I think it doesn't matter if you're if you're interested in different things, like particularly say, you know, one person likes... Taylor Swift, <coughs> Rachel. <laughs> you, you like Taylor one. Swift too. Yeah, no, I do. I don't like her new album, but that's a different story. But then if someone else is more interested in, like, I don't know, deep house music or something yes. like that, I don't think that matters. I think you need to share some core moral mm, values. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it just, if you just ask the person you're going to date, like, do you like music? Yeah. I love music. My husband and I have absolutely you know different taste in music but we both go to the same let's say glastonbury festivals and we won't see each other the whole day because we're going to different t- stages <laughs> but at the end of the night we have the sh- same shared experience yeah we are both laughing we're both smiling because of our shared love of music yeah so what's your advice to young singletons <laughs> so many Where do oh I begin? <laughs> gosh impart your ways um i would say make a checklist um okay. write down you know at least 
um, like I said, I, like I wrote in my book, at least five checklists and five major things that you need to think about. Uh, one of them, for example, is intellectual uh, intellectual compatibility, mm-hmm. right? Do you want this person to love discussions and debates, or are you not into deep discourse and you just want someone who enjoys reading, you know, uh, flimsy magazines and you know, easygoing books, uh, things like that. Another uh, another thing is about spiritual connection. Right, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about, uh, for example, if you love this, oh my God, he's so cute, but he's vegan. <laughs> you love your burger. How yeah, are you going to make it I work? Do you love a burger? <laughs> so something like that, right? Like, yeah. is it really important to you? If you, if you like, oh, everything about him is perfect, but he's vegan, and I love my burger. How are you going to make that work? You yeah. need to decide. Is it something you can compromise on? Is it something he can compromise on, or is it a deal breaker? I guess it depends how strongly either of you feels about it. If he's going to be like, oh, it really offends me that you eat a cheeseburger. Or if he's going to be like, that's eh, fine, have your cheeseburger. I'm just going to sit here and have my veggie burger or tofu or something. <laughs> there you go. Something like that. You know, you need to kind of... This is what I meant about having that checklist. People don't think about this little things like that. Like, you know, for example, like um, Christmas. Some people think Christmas is a great time to travel, to go away to a sunny spot. No. <laughs> and someone's like, no, 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 no. I have to go home to my mums and dads in the countryside, have the nice roaring fire, a cup of cocoa with marshmallows and have that lovely Christmas tree. Yeah, that's literally my Rachel, Christmas. Rachel nodded throughout that entire <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, that is my Christmas checklist. <laughs> yes. So there you go. Out. You might meet the most perfect guy in your books and then you realise, oh my God, he doesn't agree with me on Christmas. And these are the things that will happen every single year. And so you have to work out if those different priorities are worth compromising on. Exactly. Or, or will that be like a, you know, uh, like a little pebble in your shoe? You yeah. can ignore that little pebble and keep walking and keep walking. Yeah. And after 10 miles, you go, you know what? I can't deal with this pebble yeah. in my shoe anymore. I've got to stop and throw the whole shoe away or take this pebble out and just, yeah. That's you need such to- a nice analogy, that. Mm. Mm. Love that it's a little, like a little thing. tiny little pebble, you know, these little differences, mm. which you think is cute in the beginning. But the more yeah. you walk with it, yes. the more it could rub against yes. you, and then you'll get a blister. God knows yes, that your could tights get really... Run blister oh. plasters are really expensive. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah, you can't just put a plaster over that no. sometimes. Wow. It could be a wound for life. Yeah. There you go, be a scar. You might get a scar from oh. a little blister. This just keeps on going, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fab. We're going deep. (laughs) Right, okay. That is super useful and super interesting. Sadly, we haven't got time for loads more, though. Olivia, do you want to share our Bumble bio of the week? Yeah, (laughs) this is one that I found um, from a gentleman. Am I allowed to say his name? Yes. Yes. Okay, a gentleman called Baptiste. Um, Exotic. (laughs) So... A cultured European gentleman of refined taste and questionable virtue. (laughs) An avid musician, I play several instruments poorly and a smattering reasonably. I'll make you a ratatouille. I would walk 500 miles, but still going to set this on 15. I really like that. I really like like that that last line. Yeah, the last line really made me chuckle. And I feel like for anyone who doesn't get the song in reference, then it's not going to mean anything to them. Give give, give (laughs) us a rendition. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wait till the Christmas app and we're five Proseccos down. Um, 
Yeah, so if anyone didn't quite get that, I'm going to explain because sometimes I don't always get the jokes. It means he's going to set his bumble radius to 15 miles. Yeah. So that's what's that talking about. I also think that's a perfect example of the sort of self-deprecating British humour. Like, yes. I play, even though he's potentially not British. No, he sounds like his French. He does. Mm. I play several instruments poorly and a smattering reasonably. I actually love that self-deprecating. Yeah. I fell in love with that sentence. Yeah, it's not I fell in love with that sentence. Good I writer. Mean, yeah. Also, I really like Ratatouille. <laughs> Not just because of the film, which is adorable, mm. but the also food. it's Very like as, you know it's a bit different. I've never seen anyone say, "I'll make you a ratatouille." No, it's not really a common sentence. No, no. no. So I like that. Yeah, Baptiste. Hopefully, you get a match. I I swiped left. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I hope it comes up on mine. I'll swipe right. <laughs> Don't give up hope yet, Baptiste. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes as this helps other people discover our podcast. And if you have a dating disaster story, we would absolutely love to hear it. So please do write it in. Either you can put it in an iTunes review, you can send them to us privately via email at millennial.love at independent.co.uk. You can also tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey or at Olivia Petter One. And do not worry, all your stories will be kept anonymous. We have to say a huge thanks to Ernie for coming in. I am very honoured. We have learnt so much (laughs) from your wisdom. (laughs) And that's it, isn't it? Yeah. See you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.